this podcast is dedicated to helping you find your trail to a happier, healthier you by discussing topics like self-improvement, business, health and beauty, and random thoughts about life from a Christian perspective. I'm your host, Tasha Johnson. Are you enjoying the Hustle and Faith podcast? If so, please be sure to rate and leave a review. Doing so will help others discover this podcast. Thanks again for your support. It is very much appreciated. Just a heads up, I'm going to be sharing rerun episodes during the entire month of December. New episodes will air in January. Last week was my birthday. I turned 40 this year and I decided to celebrate by taking a trip with my mom to Washington, D.C. My main goal was to actually check out the National Museum of African American History and Culture because it's been on my bucket list for years. I found an amazing Black history tour online that enables you to learn more about the historical influence and impact Black people have had on Washington, D.C.'s history, civil rights struggle, and so much more. I was so happy that we were able to take this tour, and our tour guide, Dre, was absolutely amazing. I have to admit, though, it upsets me (laughs) when I think about just how much everything in Washington, D.C., just like pretty much the rest of this country, but especially Washington, D.C., the White House, the Capitol building, you name it, was built for free via slave labor. And again, I learned so much on that tour. If you really want a real account of U.S. history, then you definitely need to take this tour. And I'm going to leave a lot of this information on the Hustle and Faith website, so please be sure to check it out. A tour like this is going to make you realize just how much the American education system is a colossal hot mess that needs to be completely revamped. They don't teach you anything about what I learned during that tour in school. And that's really sad, okay? People deserve to learn the complete version of American history, not the whitewashed version that's sadly been circulating in our schools for several generations. Again, I cannot speak enough about that tour. It was absolutely amazing. I'm really glad I didn't overdo it with the planning because I stayed at the Riggs Hotel and I was blessed with the best concierge in the whole world, Tiffany Gary. She hooked us up with an extra set of tickets to the National Museum of African American History and Culture. Uh, Trust me, guys, uh, you know, we got tickets through that tour that I was just talking about, but I'm really glad that Tiffany was able to get us an extra set of tickets because you're going to need more than one day to get through that museum. Like there was so much content. You need more than one day. Trust me. (laughs) So I'm really glad we got a chance to go twice. And so she got us tickets to the National Museum of African American History and Culture. Then she got us tickets to go to the Library of Congress and a tour of the Capitol building. So again, these were things that I did not have planned. And, you know, it worked out and we were able to go see some of these places that we otherwise would not have been able to check out. And then my mom and I, we went to amazing restaurants. We just had a blast. And so I spent the rest of my time celebrating. You know, once I got back home, I finished celebrating my birthday week. Yes, it is a week-long celebration. (laughs) Hanging out on the lakefront, riding my bike, and just sitting on my balcony working on my passion projects. I mean, I literally could not ask for more. In fact, 
I'm literally writing the outline to this episode because I just didn't want to forget anything. So I'm just writing an outline of this episode on my balcony while listening to Bless Me by Maverick City Music and Kirk Franklin. I absolutely love that song. And I'm just sitting here thinking about how crazy it feels to think that I'm 40. It sounds so crazy to say that number for a variety of reasons. You know, I remember when I was 20, the thought of being 40 sound, it just sounded ancient to me. I'm just being completely honest. (laughs) And now that I'm 40, it doesn't seem quite so old now. It really doesn't, all right? And as someone who loves to plan, my life turned out so different than the one I initially had planned, okay? When I was 20, I thought that once I reached 40, my husband and I would be married for close to 20 years, have two kids, and be almost done paying for our house. (laughs) You know, this is the life that, you know, I, I saw that my parents had, and quite frankly, the life that society tends to hold up as the standard of success, right? Now, there's absolutely nothing wrong, nothing whatsoever with the life I just described, okay? But I thank God every day he ignored my plan. (laughs) My life is the complete opposite of this so-called successful life. I'm single. I've never been married. I don't have any kids. And I live in a beautiful condo with a balcony overlooking Lake Michigan with private beach access. Okay? And God even threw in a parking spot, (laughs) y'all. God had a much better plan for me. He knew me better than I knew myself. All right. It took me a minute to get here. Well, 40 years, if you want to be technical, (laughs) but I'm exactly where God wants me to be. God taught me that there's more than one pathway to success. And this so-called dream life that I described earlier would have been a complete nightmare for me. We'll get into why a little later in the episode, but as I celebrated my birthday, I couldn't help but thank God that he ignored my requests. There's nothing wrong with the aforementioned life, but it just wasn't for me. And I would have missed out on the fabulous life that I'm currently living. I came across this conversation that someone captured on Twitter and shared it on Facebook. And there was this young adult (laughs) that said, if you want to be happy, get an old person from 1990 to 1999 and settle down. Those people are tired. So then someone on Twitter responded back to this person's comment and said, if those people from 1990 to 1999 are considered as old people, what does that make those born between 1980 and 1989? You know, this fool actually had the nerve to respond back and say, you mean the ancestors? (laughs) I'm not going to lie. This kid's comments had me laughing out loud. Okay. I started thinking, I can't wait until this kid grows up because he's going to learn X, Y, Z. And his comment got me thinking, what advice would I give to my 20-year-old self? And so this is going to be a two-part series because I'm going to share life and business advice that I would give to myself as a 20-year-old Tasha. In this episode, once again, I'm going to tackle advice about life. And then in the next episode, I'm going to tackle advice about business. So let's get started. Piece of advice number one, listen to mom. 
<laughs> Spoiler alert, she actually knew what she was talking about. I know, there's a shocker, right? There really is nothing new under the sun, and my mom already knew the obstacles that I was going to face in life because she had already been through them. And my mom loves me so much and has a vested interest in my happiness. And I'm not just saying that because she's my mom, but she's freakishly smart, okay? So it just would have made sense just to listen to her the first time and not have to have her repeat herself. You know, it just just listen to her. Because again, she's freakishly smart. She's not only a fantastic resource for advice about life, but she's a very, very savvy businesswoman who is smart in finance and law. And she's um, the main part of the reason why I'm sitting in this condo right now. <laughs> um, my mom was always trying to give me shortcuts. And I took a lot of them as I grew older. But had I done so when I was younger... I would be much further than where I am right now. And I could have reduced the amount of pain and frustration that I experienced when I encountered negative situations. I would have been able to handle them more gracefully and not allowed myself to panic and operate from a defeated mindset. I would have looked at that negative situation as yet another opportunity for God to show up and show out. Which leads me to my next point, put God first. Now, some of you might be like, okay, Tasha, putting God first should have been first on your list. And you're right. However, I would never have known to do this had I not listened to my mom. As a member of Christ's royal priesthood, I can take comfort in the fact that God has plans for me. He has plans to prosper me, not to harm me, and plans to give me hope in a future. And I know a lot of you probably recognize that verse. That's Jeremiah 29, 11. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is Joseph. He proved that bad things can happen to good people. But if you stay in faith, God can leverage those same negative situations that Satan places in our life to bring us happiness and serve as an inspiration to others to do the same. Now, I've been through a lot of ups and downs in my life, okay? And it's funny when people see me now and think, oh, it must be nice in a sarcastic way. However... <laughs> they didn't see how hard I fought to get to where I am today. You know, they weren't there when I was working full-time, going to school full-time, okay? I literally, these were my college years, okay? I literally worked from 8 to 4.30, attended class in the evening from 6 to 9, four days a week for four years. And then when I graduated from college, I encountered a variety of obstacles trying to break into the corporate world, ranging from, and I'll get more into this into the second part uh, in the second uh, episode, but, you know, I overcame a lot of obstacles breaking into the corporate world. I mean, <laughs> um, encountered my fair share of fake interviews, interviews that disappeared out of nowhere. I've worked in toxic environments working my butt off only to be overlooked for promotions and raises. And all of these experiences fueled my desire to create my own opportunities. So on top of that, you know, I spent a lot of sleepless nights working on my passion projects. The list goes on, but you get the point. Um, a major milestone in my life was literally four years ago. I lost everything. And I mean everything. I lost my job. Um, I lost my savings. And once the savings ran out, I also, you know, my unemployment ran out. So then I lost my apartment. 
And I literally had to take a job in retail and worked at a gym so I could make enough money so I could rent a U-Haul truck to move all of my belongings into a storage unit so I could live with a relative for two months until I got a new job. And so even then when I got that new job, I immediately signed a lease, you know, for me and my mom to stay in the smallest studio known to mankind. Literally, it was so small, y'all. It was a 400 square foot studio. My mom and I stayed there for two years with all of our belongings packed in boxes because we knew that this was just a pit stop in our life, right? During that time, I was fighting really hard not to let that job that I was so happy to get, you know, because that enabled me to move back out and get into another apartment. I was trying so hard not to let that job break my soul, okay? And this was before Beyonce came out with that song (laughs) because I was so miserable on that job. I was working in a very, very toxic work environment. Literally, guys, no one was happy at that place. And they took out their frustrations on each other, on other people, I literally had, in the one year that I was working at this company, I had three different managers and four different VPs in one year, okay? Enough said. Yet, I was really happy at the same time because my mom and I were together and we had our own place, right? So at least being in this little studio, I had my peace of mind. So we stayed in that little tiny studio apartment for two years. And then we moved, um, you know, that enabled me to get back on my feet a little bit more. And then I was able to rent a condo. And then back in 2021, God blessed me with the ability to purchase my own condo. And that's what I'm sitting in today, right? And it's absolutely perfect. Every blessing that I have is because I put God first. And there have been so many crazy things and opportunities that have happened to me that I just cannot explain. I know God is real. The mere fact that despite all of the obstacles that I've been through, I'm sitting here in a position to share my testimony is proof. Me creating this podcast is a perfect example, guys. I started this podcast at the lowest point of my life because I wanted to make sure that the things that I was going through wasn't in vain and that what I was learning along the way in my journey could help out other people. I literally started this podcast in a hallway closet with a crappy computer and a microphone. Fast forward to today, I literally have transformed one of the rooms in my condo into my recording studio. So I'm able to record my podcast and do voiceover work in this studio. The only way You know, I was able to pull this off and I oftentimes kind of pinch myself because I feel like a real life uh, Cinderella, like like rags to riches, you know what I mean, is because of God. And the reason this happened is because I finally started to look for the lessons that God was trying to teach me, which leads me to point number three. If all you see is what you see, then you're not seeing all there is to be seen. The sooner you master this lesson, I promise you, your life is going to take off. I used to think, God, I'm trying to be a good Christian. What is the deal with allowing all these storms in my life? Little did I know, all that rain was giving me the strength to grow into a stronger person. God truly does cause all things to work together for our good 
if we put him first. Now, I've gotten in the habit of questioning things that occur in my life, good and bad, okay? I've been presented with some what appear to be great opportunities on the surface, but not everything that glitters is gold. Because after praying to God for guidance, he quickly showed me otherwise. Let it go. Keep moving. And then there are those times in my life when it's raining, right? And it just continues to rain and rain and rain. I've gotten to the point where I tell myself, and and this is easier said than done, okay? But I've gotten to the point where I can at least tell myself not to panic because that used to be my go-to that is my go-to emotion. Like if it's something that I can't figure out, I automatically start to panic. And, you know, I've been in so many sticky situations at this point where I can tell myself, listen, you've been through X, Y, and Z. We can figure this out. So again, tell yourself not to panic and then evaluate. Have you been disobedient to God's word? You know, have you been following, you know, what he's been trying to tell you to do? Are you ignoring his word? If I have, I repent and keep it moving. And if I'm good, then I look to see what other lessons I can learn and try to figure out how to leverage the situation for my good. There's always something that you can learn. And when you're going through these difficult times in your life, it really, really, really is important to know that not everyone who smiles in your face has your best interests at heart. And this lesson took me a very long time to learn because I, I really am the type of person, I, I want to help out people. I have no strings attached when I help someone out. I really do enjoy helping other people. It, it makes me feel better to know that, you know, I played a small role in trying to help someone achieve their dream. You know, I I prefer being someone that helps other people. Like, I'm not trying to take advantage of someone. I'm not jealous of someone. If someone is, you know, achieving success, I'm there rooting for them. With that said, I could not believe so many people that have been in and out of my life. I, I kick them out a lot faster now. But there have been people in my life that I thought, you know, we were friends and I thought would have had my back only to find out that they were jealous or, you know, my success reminded them of the success that they weren't, you know, experiencing at that point in time. I just had a lot of folks in my life that had the titles of family and friends and, you know, that weren't living up to that title. And I just got tired of it. And I just started kicking everybody (laughs) (laughs) I just started kicking everybody out because it's just like, you know what? You can only take so much. And when you have so many people in your life that are clearly two-faced and don't have your best interests at heart, that's going to take a toll on you and that's going to slow your growth. And I'm not about to have anyone, and I mean this, I'm not about to have anyone slow down my progress in cleaning out all the gifts that God has stored up for me in my warehouse. I refuse to allow that to happen. So if we have to part ways, we have to part ways because I'm not about to let someone hold me back from achieving success. I want to experience 
all of the plans that God has for me. And I'm not about to let someone's jealousy or laziness or whatever it is that they have against me when I know full well that I've never done anything to that person. I'm not about to have that hold me back. I would just let you go. And, 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 um, a lot of people who know me know that this is true. And, uh, yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that. And it's kind of funny that it took me a while to realize this because (sighs) I hate to say this, but I'm the type of person that I just want peace, man. I I'm like not the type of person that really wants to get into confrontations with people and, You know, I think that's why the next lesson was very difficult for me to also take into consideration. And that's that life is full of fights because quite frankly, I am not a fighter. Now I will fight you. Okay. Physically and (laughs) physically and um, verbally if need be, but I don't want to, I'd much rather keep the peace because that's a lot of unnecessary energy that I don't want to exert, to be quite honest. You know, life is hard enough. We live in the fallen world because of Adam and Eve, right? And you can do everything right and still have bad things happen to you. And that's why I'm the type of person that I really don't like confrontations. I really don't. I can get into them with you, but I really don't because I already know that there are a bunch of other obstacles waiting out there for me, right? (laughs) That I'm going to have to conquer. And so when I encounter, how how should I say this? When I encounter people that really aren't worth my time, but yet and still I have to take time out of my day to tell them off, to let them know that, no, you're not going to walk all over me. I am not a doormat. Um, on top of the other obstacles that I, that I constantly have to face, um, it's just a waste of my time. But yet and still, one of the things that I have learned is that despite the fact that life is full of fights, you have to fight back in order to get stronger. But also, you need to fight back if you want to obtain and maintain the gifts that God is trying to provide you, okay? The gifts that God wants to give you. Because again, God is God is here to bless us, but he's not gonna put the blessing in your hand. You need to actually take some initiative and go get it, right? One of the fights that you're gonna come across is the fact that your marital status does not define your self-worth. And I know this is going to be an interesting piece of advice for some people uh, as to why I have this on the list. But as I mentioned earlier, you know, I'm 40, single, never married, no kids. And when people meet me and I tell them this, I automatically um, get the look like, oh, my goodness, what's wrong? Like, oh, she's a pretty girl. She's smart, blah, blah, blah what's, what, what, what's wrong with her? It, they automatically go into Sherlock Holmes mode <laughs> and trying to determine what's wrong with me. Spoiler alert, nothing. It's just that I have not found Mr. Right yet. 
And here's the thing. My parents have ingrained in me, especially my mom. Marriage is not a prize, okay? You have not arrived just because you're married. You can be miserable and married, and that's not something that I want. I'd rather be happy and single than miserable and married, okay? Um, Nothing is wrong with you just because you're single. And I'm being honest, this was a lesson that took me a minute. I mean, I finally got it, obviously, but I mean, it took me a minute in my 20s, you know, especially like mid 20s is really when I started coming into my own, like, oh my goodness, like, no, I'm I'm not going to live my life in anticipation. I refuse to because people would, oh, your time's coming and all this other weird comments that they would make. And it's just like, wait a minute, I was happy until you reminded me that I didn't achieve your expectation of what happiness was. And so I really had to do, you know, I really had to do some like deep cleaning in terms of my mindset because I was starting to allow other people's negativity about my life choices that had nothing to do with them affect me. Again, nothing is wrong with being married, but nothing also is wrong with being single. And in fact, Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 7 that it's, you know, if it's possible, it's better to remain single rather than be married. Again, both lifestyles are fine, but we really should not be kind of like belittling or feeling sorry for people just because they're single. And also if they decide to be single and not have kids, because even if I found Mr. Right, I have no desire to have kids. Like I I just don't because the lifestyle that I lead is more jet setting. And I just don't think that's fair to a child. I really enjoy traveling. So I don't think that would be fair to, you know, have a kid and be constantly kind of on the go. So, um, And plus, I am also that type of person, if I had a child, I would want to do what my mom did, which is be a stay-at-home mom. And, you know, that is just something that I'm not looking to do. It's just not. And it's kind of funny because a lot of people will automatically say, well, who's going to take care of you when you're older and kids are a blessing, blah, 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 blah. Again, they are projecting their life onto me. And here's the thing that makes me laugh. A lot of the people that end up telling me this And I've mentioned this in previous episodes, a lot of the folks that say that um, tend to be the exact same folks that are complaining about the cost of daycare, you know, oh, you don't have any responsibilities. And then, you know, complaining to me about, you know, if they happen to see that I went somewhere or whatnot, oh, must be nice. You know, again, all the kind of like sarcastic comments, again, which whenever I come across those, again, I've gotten much better. I just immediately mute. Or kick that person to the curb. It depends on like um, where that comment comes across uh, my path. But again, it, it's kind of funny whenever I, I hear that because it's like those very same people who talk about the kids are a blessing end up dropping their kids off at daycare, having their parents take care of them, and, and they're still complaining. It's just like, wait a minute, but I thought they were a blessing. So again, I've gotten to the point where... I just know that I am happy with who I am. And if God blesses me with Mr. Wright crossing into my path, great. If he doesn't, that's fine. Because my goal is to be happy 
You know, I'm going to continue putting God first and just making sure that I live my life in such a way that it can be a blessing to other people. I really do enjoy helping out other people and making sure that, um, you know, I'm doing things that encourage me and bring me happiness as well. And one of the things that it really brings me happiness is my desire to keep learning. So one of the lessons that I want to make sure that I tell my 20-year-old self is to continue embracing your nerdiness. Embrace being a nerd. Like there's have been so many times that when I was younger, I was made fun of because they're like, oh, you're, you're always studying. You're always doing this. You're always doing that. But yet and still, all of those skills that I took the time to learn when I was younger placed me in the position that I'm in now. I, I taught myself how to create websites. I taught myself how to, you know, create podcasts. I taught myself how to do, um, you know, design work and things of that nature. I mean, I taught myself a lot. And here's the funny thing. I never have been on a job that assisted me with my tuition in any way, shape or form. Like I've never had that, that ability. So a lot of the things that I learned were via the school of YouTube, which is fantastic, or I paid for it out of pocket and went to places like General Assembly or um, back in the day, it used to be CompUSA. For those of you that are my age, you might remember that place. But, you know, a lot of the things that I've learned has always been on my own. And you cannot sit back and expect people to teach you things. You need to be proactive and really go after that knowledge that you think that you're going to need in the future to get you to where you need to go, right? You can't just sit back and hope that you'll figure it out later. Like I was very proactive. Like I wanted to create a website. I remember this is just when Google was starting to get big and the internet and all that stuff. And I wanted to create a website because I wanted to get into blogging. And again, that worked out very well for me. <laughs> um, back in the day, I did a lot of like brand ambassador work, which today would be considered more influencer stuff. But I was back in the day, that was, that was awesome. And again, a lot of that came because I took the time to embrace my nerdiness. I really was a nerd. I was constantly reading. Um, and to this day, I'm still the same way. There are certain things that I want to learn, certain places I want to go to. Um, I cannot stress enough, embrace being a nerd. Do not allow other people to deter you or make you feel strange or weird because you have a desire to learn. Like, it's kind of funny that people exist that make fun of others who have a desire to learn. Like, why? When you have that same opportunity. There's so much out there. And the more you learn, guess what? You can leverage that knowledge into making more money. <laughs> so having all of that knowledge and putting God first really placed me in a position to dream big. That's another lesson that I would tell myself. Dream big. There were so many times where I encountered a lot of difficult circumstances. And I'm being honest, the first thing I would always think is, oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. I don't have enough money. I don't, I'm not smart enough for this or that. And so even though God put that dream in my heart, I, I'm being honest and I hate to admit this. I would literally 
just try to shove it, (laughs) shove it away so it was out of my sight. Hopefully that makes sense. I would just try my best to ignore it, even though it was constantly in the forefront of my mind, I would constantly just push it away. Listen, you can't do this. Okay. You got to be realistic. You got to do this. You got to do that. You've got bills to pay. And it's like, yes, I do have bills to pay, but that dream was put in my heart for a reason. Okay. So you do have the ability to achieve that dream. It just might not be right now, but always, always, always make sure that you keep those dreams alive thinking about them, plan as much as you can in terms of what knowledge do I need to acquire in order to make this dream come true? What, you know, what other resources do I need? And to be quite honest, you would be surprised, guys. So many times I used to think, oh, I can't do this because I don't have enough money. And again, money has always kind of been a downfall for me because I don't come from a rich family at all. <laughs> um, hence why I, yeah, hence why I've always kind of been concerned with money. But God has proven to me on more than one occasion that I needed him and not money. Okay. I was looking at the resource when I should have been looking at the source because there have been so many instances in my life that where when I thought I needed money, What it really meant was I just needed to be more creative with how I got to that particular outcome. So perfect example, this podcast, I was broke (laughs) when I started this podcast back in 2018. Um, Again, this was literally when I was living with a relative. I started this podcast in a closet. I had my little broke down computer and a really crappy microphone. Like it was not a good mic. Sound wasn't that great. I didn't really know how to edit. I mean, feel free to go back to the earlier episodes, guys. I mean, (laughs) um, but what I needed was time, right? I needed time to get all of the puzzle pieces in place. I taught myself how to edit. I taught myself how to make extra money Um, you know, teaching online and doing some other things that placed me in a position like doing short stint voiceover work. Yes, voiceover work, even with my crappy microphone. It taught me patience because when that fan was running in the background, it, hey, I just had to start over. You know, I got really creative and then God placed me in a position with being able to, you know, when he saw that I was able to do a lot with a little, then he blessed me with even more. It's kind of like that, that, uh, the story of, uh, the talents, right? And I'll leave this in the, on the website or in the show description, the story of the talents where God gave one person five talents, another person, I think it was like two talents and then one person, one talent. And a lot of the folks in that parable doubled their talents. They were able to take the little that God gave them and with their energy, they were able to make more. And that's what God did for me. And that's why I said, make sure that you dream big. You may not be able to do it right then and there, but if he sees that you are putting forth the effort to do what you can to make that dream come true, he's going to put through the other, he's going to 
just magnify what it is that you've done. Hopefully that makes sense. He's going to amplify your efforts in such a way that you can't help but realize that it was him that made your dream come true, right? And not you. Like you you put forth a little bit of that effort, but he is really the one who amplified your efforts in such a way that you're able to see that he was the one that made your dream come true. And so another thing that I learned was that when I would have these dreams, keep them to yourself. (laughs) Keep your dreams to yourself. I know people are all about get an accountability partner, blah, blah, blah. I will never, ever have an accountability partner outside of my mom, okay? There are just too many people in this world that sad to say this, you know, like even in your own family sometimes that are just there to deter you. You know, there's a lot of people that don't live up to the title of family or friends. And, you know, to be quite honest, it's where a lot of people get that term frenemy, which I never understood. Like, I I don't understand that. You're either a friend or you're an enemy. Like, I I don't do this in between. If I don't know what you are, then you're just an enemy. (laughs) Um. But I will always keep my dreams to myself. Like the major big dreams, I keep that to myself because there are just way too many people out there that are that that are there to deter you. They may or may not be trying to do so, but their actions prove otherwise. And so when I encounter situations like that, I you know, I, I just am aware of the fact that sharing with folks that are like that is going to make you feel like you can achieve what it is that God put in your heart. And quite frankly, you can. It's just, you've got to get rid of that baggage first, right? And that's by keeping your dreams to yourself, getting rid of those people that really aren't there to support you. And there is a difference between being realistic and um, being realistic and being supportive. Okay, there's a way to say things to someone, you know, quite frankly, not a lot of people have mastered that. So when it comes to my dreams, I really do. I the the major, major ones that are deep in my heart that I really want to achieve. Only my mom and God know those. All right. (laughs) Those are the only people who know that God and my mom know my major dreams. Um, Too many times. People will make you feel guilty for trying to go after your dreams. They think that you're doing too much when it's really them that's just doing too little. You achieving so much, and especially, you know, someone like me achieving so much when I, you know, I don't come from a wealthy family and I have all this drive and determination, folks that tend to be a little bit more affluent or folks that um, don't have that drive and determination, they feel threatened. You know, they feel threatened and they want to slow you down. I'll never forget one time I was talking to, I actually had a manager tell me this a long, long time ago. You know, I was sharing some ideas and and they were just like, you know what? I'm going to need you to dumb it down just a little bit because, you know, it's going to, it's, it's going to make so-and-so feel bad because they didn't come up with such and such idea. And I just never forgot how I felt at that moment. I'm like, okay, so because this other person is an idiot, I've got to dim 
the brightness of my star, right? In order to make someone else feel better about themselves. And I'm just like, okay, you know what? Can't do that. I refuse to live my life that way. So when I have like major dreams and ideas, I just keep them to myself. I really do until God provides me with the opportunity to move forward. And last but not least, it's important to pay it forward. And what I mean by pay it forward is make sure that you share your experiences with other people. You know, I don't want any of the negativity that I've experienced to be in vain. And so I make it a point to share my experiences with other people because hopefully that can inspire them to do the same. You know, hey, you know, Tasha went through such and such and she made it through. I can do the same thing. You know, because I think a lot of times so many people are stuck looking at people's highlights and they have no idea what it took to get to that point. And so in my small way, (laughs) I want to provide you with a much more well-rounded picture of what it took to get to where I am. And not to say that I have arrived, but I'm just saying you know, I literally went kind of from rags to riches. And and what I mean by riches is I'm not like a billionaire or anything like that, but I'm rich in knowledge and, you know, my bills are paid. <laughs> so I know a lot of people may, may be like, oh, well, that's just regular. But you know what? I don't take advantage of anything, especially knowing where I came from. You know, that is a blessing in and of itself to be able to be in a comfortable area, be able to pay your bills on time, you know, be able to, you know, have a nice job and steady income and be able to have the ability to have the time and flexibility to really dig into your passion projects. You know, I, I've having that stable job that allows you the ability to really explore other areas that you may be interested in is a blessing. And so I really do enjoy the opportunity of being able to pay it forward because I know when I was in those negative circumstances, you know, I was constantly going to my mom trying to figure out what is going on. And she was always the one to give me a pep talk to bring me out of that dark place. And that's what I want to do for other people. You know, I want to be that cheerleader for someone who doesn't have that cheerleader in their life, right? So these are the top 10 pieces of advice about life that I would tell my 20-year-old self. And in the next episode, I'll share the advice that I would give myself, my 20-year-old self, about business. Regardless of what age you happen to be, I truly hope this episode resonated with you in such a way that it prompts you to start redeeming your time today. Remember what James 4.14 says, we're not promised tomorrow. Our lives are like a vapor. It's like a mist that appears for a little while and then it vanishes away. And I want my dash to matter. And I'm sure you want your dash to matter too. If you're not sure what I mean by that phrase, go back and listen to the two-part mini-series I did called What Will Your Dash Look Like? The way we can do this making sure that your dash matters, is by taking the advice I shared today and start incorporating it into your life. We're here today and gone tomorrow. 
So the time to start doing this is now. Are you enjoying the Hustling Faith podcast? Regardless of where you listen to Hustling Faith, if you love this show, please leave us a review at ratethispodcast.com forward slash Hustling Faith. Again, that's ratethispodcast.com forward slash Hustling Faith. Doing so will help others to discover this show. Thanks again for your support. It is very much appreciated. Today's episode is the last part in a two-part series called Cheers to 40 Years, the advice I'd give to my 20-year-old self. So last week, I discussed advice about life. This week, we're going to discuss business advice I would give to my 20-year-old self. So once again, I'm speaking about my own personal experiences, but I know my audience, so I'm fairly certain a lot of today's advice is going to resonate with many of you. So here we go. The first piece of advice that I would give is that a college degree is not magical. The higher education system has done a phenomenal job in brainwashing people into thinking that you can't experience success without this little sheet of paper, and it's just not true. I learned more outside the classroom than I did at college, and that sheet of paper is not a substitute for hard work and determination. Plus, due to the insane amount it costs to go to college, many folks are foregoing college and companies are finally starting to realize that, you know what, maybe we could have more folks to choose from if we get rid of this requirement. And so as you get older, you're going to see that that requirement is going to I have a feeling it's going to completely go by the wayside. And many of the major corporations out there have already started to not make college degrees a requirement. And so once again, I'm talking to my 20-year-old self, right? This practice has especially picked up due to the labor shortage and is quite frankly long overdue. So companies who wish to keep up with the times and open up their talent pool are going to be rewarded with creative, with creative, dedicated employees. And just because someone wasn't able to pay or take out a loan for that sheet of paper doesn't mean that they won't be able to do the job. I know so many people who are working in fields where they don't have a degree in that field. So for example, I know some folks that are working in marketing that have a liberal arts background or you know, um, you know, maybe medical or engineering or whatever, they're not in that particular field. What should dictate whether someone is a good fit is do they have a good attitude? Can I teach them? Are they reliable? Soft skills are what they're called, okay? But if you ask me, those are some of the most important skills that need to be in a potential employee. Because that is what's going to help you figure out if that person's going to be a good fit for that particular role. Plus, even if that person meets all of the aforementioned qualifications, or let's say they have their college degree, they're still going to have to contend with the fact that the corporate world is one gigantic good old boys club. And that lesson was really hard 
for me to accept. I picked it up pretty quickly that the corporate world was one gigantic good old boys club, but it was difficult to accept. Okay. So there have been many conversations, contracts, deals, and opportunities made in places that I wasn't privy to, like on the golf course or those folks hanging out amongst themselves. It's going to be extremely frustrating because you're a hard worker, you're good at what you do, yet and still, you're going to end up working for people who are a couple fries short of a Happy Meal, all right? (laughs) You will hear a variety of excuses as to why you didn't get that particular promotion or raise. It is what it is. Just smile and nod and take comfort in the fact that this job funds your life. It's not your life. Due to how the corporate world is set up, you're going to have to get really good at determining whether your ideas are an entree or a leftover. So that brings us to point number three. Is it an entree or a leftover? And so I know a lot of people are probably scratching their heads. What in the world does that mean? So I, my background is in marketing and I'm You know, I I know this is going to sound pretty arrogant, but I am really creative. So I'm constantly coming up with ideas. Bank account doesn't always match that. (laughs) So I'm not always in a position to execute all of those ideas, but I have a ton of them. All right. And so I've gotten pretty good at classifying my ideas by using this terminology. Is it an entree? Meaning this idea is fantastic but I want to be the one to execute it, okay? So those are the type of ideas that I either keep to myself or I give those ideas to, you know, whichever company that I'm working with at that time. So if I decide, okay, you know, I'm super passionate about this particular idea, I want to do it myself, I classify that as an entree, all right? If it's something that I'm like, oh, you know, this is a good idea, but I'm not necessarily like totally in love with it, that's considered a leftover. And I'm going to be honest, a lot of those leftover ideas, a lot of people, when I've shared those ideas with whichever company I'm working with at the time, many of them consider it an entree. So it's like a win-win, right? So I'm, you know, I'm doing my job, bringing stuff to the table. But here's the thing. It's not one of those things where I'm just like completely in love with that particular idea. Because here, what's really crazy in this, here's what's really crazy. A lot of my leftover ideas, if a company goes with it, it ends up being a hit. Like, Tasha, this is fantastic. You know, this is a great idea. Thanks for sharing this, blah, blah, blah. All right. But more often than not, Sadly, many times those leftover ideas, which are good ideas, okay, but again, based on my classification, it's not something that I'm super passionate about, so, you know, I'm cool. I'll give it to the company. Many times those are low-hanging fruit ideas that I think are just completely obvious, but yet and still, I bring those to a company and it either gets shot down because the person that I shared it with, they're upset at the fact that they weren't the ones that shared the idea, 
right? They didn't come to the table with the idea, so they can't um, take credit for it. Or the company just isn't as innovative as they say that they are. So hopefully those two things make sense. So again, I've gotten really good at the ability to discern whether or not my ideas are an entree, which is something that I'm super passionate about and that I want to execute. And here's the thing. Sometimes, I'll be honest, sometimes there's an entree idea that I have and I'm like, you know what? This company, I think they're really forward thinking. Maybe I could share this idea and this might, you know, lead to something else. The whole point of this lesson is to have discernment. Figure out which ideas to keep to yourself. So whenever you reach a point in your life where you're in a position to execute that idea, that could be your own business idea, that could be a side hustle idea, that could be, you know, your ticket to, if you see fit to, you know, possibly move up within the company, whatever it is. But that is an idea that you are passionate about and you want to execute. A leftover is, you know what, this is a good idea. If I'm the one that leads to charge to making this idea come into come to fruition, great. If not, that's fine too. So you have to get good at figuring out what type of ideas are worth keeping to yourself and what you want to share is the whole thing. But regardless of how you go about classifying your ideas, you need to be able to speak up for yourself. And that leads us to point number four. Many times you're going to be in an uncomfortable situation, okay? I've been in many situations where I've just gotten used to being comfortable with being uncomfortable. If you're very passionate about a particular subject and you try to share your opinion about that subject, what kills me the most, especially if someone asked for your opinion, <laughs> you that person may not like your response. It didn't come across the way that they wanted you to have it come across, uh, the way that they wanted it to come across. And so, you know, you may get into unnecessary arguments with people because unless you want to live your life as a doormat, you need to be able to defend yourself. Okay. You have the right to share your opinion, especially if people are asking you for your opinion. You have the right to share your ideas. That's what people are hiring you to do. You're not a robot. Yet and still, you will come up against people who, um, you know, charge you with unfair, uh, stereotypes, okay? So like the angry black woman or things of that nature, just because you decided to defend yourself. And all I'm saying is you have every right to defend yourself, especially if someone's making you upset or angry. We're human beings, okay? Now, I'm not saying go out there and cuss people out, all right? (laughs) There's a way to say things. But what I'm saying is if someone upsets you, you have the right to defend yourself. And anyone who tells you otherwise is basically trying to get you to relinquish your power. And that's not right. Okay. So make sure that you get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And what that really means is be able to defend yourself 
at all costs. Okay. So when you do defend yourself, I'm going to be honest, it's going to be scary the very first time that you do it, but it does get easier as time goes on. And I think one of the main reasons that it gets easier is because once you realize, and again, to each its own, but once I realized that the corporate world is basically a gigantic good old boys club, you're not going to focus on getting a seat at the table because you're going to feel more empowered to build your own table. That leads us to lesson number five, okay? So don't focus on getting a seat at the table. Build your own. So many times I just got frustrated with trying to kind of, if you will, do the right thing, (laughs) which is, you know, being a good working, uh, good hardworking employee. And, you know, when you get passed over for promotions and things of that nature and you're doing the right thing, and hitting all your goals and milestones, you're kind of like, okay, you know what? What is the point of this? And so I quickly learned to focus on the fact that this job is funding my life and it's not my life. With that said, I really have taken all of that frustration and all of that energy that I was at a certain point trying to climb up that corporate ladder until I realized I did not want my ladder leaning against the wrong wall. And I used all of that energy to focus on my passion projects. Okay. So that is my own table. So, you know, after work, that's my time. You know what I'm saying? Like I take that time to work on my passion projects. So doing voiceover work, doing this podcast, um, working on some other projects that I can't really get into. (laughs) Um, And then just making sure that the, that I have a well-balanced life. That's what it is. If I'm going to spend all of this energy, all of my blood and sweat and tears working on a project, I want it to be my own table. I'm not going to sit up here and play Jedi mind games, trying to figure out office politics And then nine times out of 10, still not get a seat at the table because it's a good old boys club. You know what I mean? So all of that energy is going towards building my own, my own brand. I, and I do talk about that in my other, my, my little mini consulting business is starring you. So I talk about how you should create your own brand right? Be your own brand. So I help other folks that are trying to figure out, hey, how can I do this podcasting thing? How can I do X, Y, Z in terms of business? Because I've worked in a variety of capacities. And so instead of focusing on getting a seat at the table, view yourself as your own brand and build your own table. Again, diversify. What are other things that you are passionate about that could possibly bring in additional income? If you just allocated a couple, you know, maybe an hour or two, a couple hours after work, trying to get that off the ground, that's what you need to be focused on, okay? And the way that you can make sure that you have time to do that is by lesson number six, protect your sanity and your time by creating boundaries. Now, this lesson 
is probably going to rub some of your coworkers the wrong way. <laughs> and what I mean by that is a lot of people feel compelled to attend these team building events, these virtual happy hours, going to happy hour, oh, we've got to do this and that, going out, doing all these lunch activities and things of that nature. Yeah, it, it, it is not my jam. And I am not about to feel bullied into participating into something that I know is going to, one, make me feel uncomfortable, two, bore me to tears, and three, and this is equally as important as one, it's taking away time that I could have used to work on something that I'm passionate about that's actually going to get me somewhere in the future. So I do, I am very stingy with my time. Like I, and I mean no disrespect, but if I know that we are not going to have a lot in common, I'm not going to put myself in an uncomfortable situation because all day I feel like I'm on, right? And I pretty much am on all day. <laughs> After work, I just want to relax. I want to relax. That is my time. So if you think that me not doing enough during the eight or nine hours and Many times I've worked extra overtime, but I don't make a big spectacle out of it. But if that's not enough for you and I need to play these office politics and I need to show my face at this team building event and that and, and that virtual happy hour and this happy hour, then just count me out. <laughs> that, that sounds exhausting. I would much rather have my sanity and use my free time to work on projects that I'm passionate about and that are going to take me to the next level. That's what I'm going to use my free time to do. Okay. Especially when I know that the odds of me being able to climb that corporate ladder and really break through the good old boys club, it, it, it's just not even worth it to me. And the odds of me making it are slim to none. So I'm not even going to play. Right. Which is another reason why you need to continue your education. And that's lesson number seven. Continue your education, even if your company doesn't pay for it. I have never worked for a company that actually paid for me to take continuing education classes. Not a workshop, not a boot camp, nothing. Okay. And believe it or not, these companies supposedly paid for your tuition, but, um, unfortunately, the folks that I was working underneath did not really see the value in doing that. So they didn't approve it. And they had the power to do that. And anyone who knows me knows that I am very determined. <laughs> so even, you know, I try everything. I will go to my manager and be like, hey, I'm really interested in taking XYZ. Here's how it's going to help out the department and see what happens. Many times I've been shot down. And I think that's nine times out of 10, it's because that person that shot me down does not want me to outshine them. 
or they shot me down because if I did outshine them, they don't look at the fact that I'm adding additional value to that department. What they're looking at is the fact that if she gets this extra education, she may leave. And that's going to make me look bad. And again, that me in this example is that particular manager that is turning me down. So with that said, I will never, ever have my success contingent upon whether someone is willing to pay for my classes. Okay? Regardless of how much money I have to save in order to get that particular skill that I'm looking to gain, I'm going to do that. Okay, because I know the plans that I have. I know what God has put in my heart and I know the skills and the concepts that I need to master in order to make those dreams come to fruition. Doing this podcast is it was one of them. I had this kind of thought to do a podcast for a while. I just didn't know how to execute it. And so during the worst period of my life, which I discussed in the previous episode, I took the time to figure out, okay, I want to master this. It took my mind off of some of the situations that I was going through. And at the same time, I was able to help out folks and teach myself at the same time. You know what I mean? So, and, and that's just an example of how taking continuing education classes can help you. Now, that doesn't necessarily help a company. Other times I've gone to companies. In this example that I just used, I get it. Like my company wouldn't necessarily benefit from the fact of me knowing how to create a podcast. But there have been other times where I've asked for continuing education to learn how to, you know, learn particular softwares that I know would make my job a lot easier. But again, because most of the folks only knew Excel, (laughs) Uh, which I obviously know, but I know that there's other tools out there that can make doing analysis a lot faster. You know, like I said, they just did not see the value, but you do. So make sure that you put aside some cash, save up for those classes and make sure that you take them because in the event that that company, you know, I, I hate to say this, but and you've seen this throughout your career, in the event that that company goes down, most likely it was because they didn't keep up with the times, right? So by you taking these continuing education classes, that's going to put you in a much better position to get your next role. Which brings me to my last point. Know your worth so you know when it's time to bounce, Okay. So many times you are going to be frustrated with being overlooked for promotions, raises, whatnot, and then you continue to amass all of this education, you know, that needs to be compensated at some point in time. You know, even though you're amassing all of this education, you're going to realize you're going to reach a point where it's like, wait a minute, I've learned all these different skills. And I'm still reporting in to this person that's a couple fries short of a Happy Meal. A lot of this is not making sense. You're telling me that I'm not in a position to take on 
this more senior role, but yet and still you want me to train someone else that you hired outside of the company for this more senior role. Things like that, when they don't make sense, you know what I'm saying? Like make it make sense. It's not going to make sense. So when you see yourself continually in that situation and you try to move around within the company, you're not able to do so, you got to you got to cut your losses. You got to know when it's time to bounce. And knowing when it's time to bounce doesn't just boil down to the fact that, you know, I didn't get that promotion. I didn't get that raise. Yes, it plays a role, but you need to make sure that you have a decent exit plan. (laughs) And what I mean by that exit plan is that I'm not saying like, be like Beyonce, and and just up and quit your job, you know, based on that break your soul song. You got to have an exit plan that makes sense, okay? Make sure that you are in a position to actually make a more graceful exit. And I do understand there are times where you're going to be laid off that came out of the blue. I'm not talking about that. But if you know that, you know what, it's time for me to move on, then you got to make sure that you're doing everything in your power to make that exit less painful, okay? So make sure that you have the skills to go to that next position that you really want to go after. Make sure that you know how much money that particular position makes. So when you go to negotiate, you know, you don't undercut yourself because I've seen that happen many, many, many times. And I've actually been in positions myself where I was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I did that. You know, this position should make X, Y, Z. And then you need to make sure too, is it flexible? Because with me, I'm all about a work-life balance. Like it does not make sense for me to take a $200,000 job. I'm just throwing that out there. And then I'm working myself to death. That makes no sense to just work, 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 and you get no satisfaction in return in time in terms of being able to really enjoy yourself. I know people who have not taken a vacation in years, and I'm just looking at them like that's insane. Like that that's not life to me. Life to me is being able to pay my bills right? Like enjoy myself, pay my bills, have a peace of mind and be able to sleep and making sure that I have done what I can to help other people to achieve their goals. I really do take pride and enjoy helping people achieve their goals. You know, it, if I can make someone smile and give them knowledge based off of my past experiences, that that's gold to me. You know, that really is. And so, yeah, you really need to know your worth. So when it's time to bounce, you do it. So there you have it. These are the eight pieces of advice that I would give to my 20-year-old self regarding business. In the event that you missed last week's episode, be sure to check out episode 184, where I give myself advice regarding life. I am super excited to see what this decade has in store for me. And I look forward to you joining me on my journey. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy listening to Hustle and Faith and would like to support the show, please consider sharing it with your friends 
rate or leave a review, donate, or make a purchase at Starring You Crew, our fitness apparel shop. Remember, if you're everything to everyone, then you risk being no one. You never know who you will inspire. See you in the next episode.